Hello, and welcome to the Playmaker Podcast. My name is Joe Pace, and I'm the co-founder and CEO of the Playmaker app. Today, my guest is Ryan Brownlee, Assistant Executive Director at the American Baseball Coaches Association, the ABCA. In this episode, we talk about Ryan's contribution to the ABCA's research and testing of new baseball sizes and weights to help youth baseball players develop skill, mitigate injury, and have more fun playing the game. Let's get into it. Okay, Ryan Brownlee, thank you for joining me on the Playmaker Podcast. How are you doing today? Joe, how are you? Doing well, doing well. Great to, great to have you on. And um, yeah, before, before we get started, it would, uh, would be great if you could share a quick, uh, just an introduction about yourself and, and what you do. Yeah, uh, Ryan Brownlee, Assistant Executive Director with the ABCA, but I coached uh, 22 years of Division One baseball uh, at multiple schools, uh, Evansville, James Madison, University of Iowa, and then Western Illinois. Spring of 19 was my last spring coaching and was fortunate enough to actually grow up around the game. My dad and, and brother were longtime college coaches. My dad was a Division One head coach for 30 years, so was was really fortunate to grow up in Evansville, Indiana, in a really baseball-rich area. Uh, and kind of all of that led uh, to me taking the job with the ABCA, which I, I really, really like my job with the ABCA. It's very gratifying. You know, you get to do stuff like this where you might jump on a, a podcast, uh, but this past week uh, – we have member coaches that are pro coaches also. So the uh, Aberdeen team was in town and all of their coaches are actually ABCA members as well. So it, it, it's a gratifying organization because you feel like you're, you're helping impact the game of, of baseball at every level. Yeah. Love that. And, and just would love to hear just your perspective and sharing a little bit about what the ABCA does and um, yeah, just more about that specifically for people who aren't aware. Yeah, we've been around since 1945. It started with about 27 coaches met in New York City for uh, the first convention ever. And, and that's really where we grew from is our national convention that's in January. Last year, we were in Chicago. And this year, we'll be back in Nashville. Nashville is always one of our biggest shows. Uh, I think last time we were there was uh, January 2020, and we had about 10,000 people there. So it's a, it's a really huge undertaking, but we have so many resources for coaches at every level. Uh, our website is abca.org. Our Twitter, Twitter handle is abca1945, um, but we also have an app. So the, the MyABCA app would be a good place for, for people to dive into. It's actually free. Uh, there's free resources in there. And really the, the convention is where it grew from, but now we're up to 13,000 members. So you start, you started in 1945 with 27 members and now you're at 13,000 and it, it does show how much we've grown. And really the youth and travel space is where we have grown the most in the last four years. Uh, so 60, about 63% of our membership is high school youth and travel coaches. I know, you know, when people think about us, they think about the, the college side of it because we have our hands in every level of college baseball. We help run the All-American teams, the Gold Glove teams, uh, but we do have a lot of member coaches that are college coaches. But it's amazing to see the growth that we've had on the, the youth and the travel side now. Yeah, amazing. And that, and that conference is impressive. I mean, you walk that floor, it's like, <laughs> all the everybody in the game is there and you know one thing i didn't realize when i signed up uh is you kind of you get that insurance the coaching insurance which yes didn't see that coming and like as, as small of a thing as that may seem and maybe an afterthought i feel like it's just something that coaches don't think about and it's awesome to have you know, yeah, worst the, case the scenario, member, you know 
the member benefits for for what we have for seventy five dollars. You know, people that are are in our space but aren't in the sports world, uh, they can't believe that our membership is only seventy five dollars right here for yeah. everything that they get, and and it's hotel breaks. You know, if you have a, a travel coach out there. You know, we, we give hotel breaks, uh, we have rental car breaks, um, then all the equipment breaks. So you're going to get that $75 back pretty quick if, if you use all of our member benefits. Yeah, no, it's sweet. And, and you know, I, I didn't realize, honestly, myself. And, and, you know, outside of all of the convention stuff you got going on and everything else, it sounds like you're involved in some pretty cool research. And that's what I was really hoping we could focus on today. And so this concept of a new ball and uh, for youth baseball, like may, maybe just educate us a little bit on what that's all about, what the work is, yeah, is uh, intended to do. Yeah. You know, this is something that I've thought about for a while, um, you know, running youth camps all those years. And when you're dealing with your, your five, six, seven and eight year old players out there, they're not physically developed yet. Uh, and hand size has a lot to do with that as well. And David Whiteside is the Yankees sports performance director. He was on the podcast for anybody that wants to dive into our podcast. It's the ABCA podcast, but David Whiteside was on there who came from Australia and we got on the topic of ball modification. And, and we're really the only sport out there that doesn't have a modified ball for youth. Um, every other sport has a, you know, think about football. Could you imagine a, you know, right. a kid trying to throw a, an adult size <laughs> football? Like it just doesn't make sense. So, we are in the initial part of this. Um, the daunting part of, of any sort of research is you, with something like this, you can go in a million different directions, but we have a really good committee put together. Kristen Nicholson is the doctor with the Wake Forest Pitching Lab. And so we have an epidemiologist on it. And then we have other people that have that do active research. Uh, Jimmy Onati's at Ohio State, who's also on our youth and travel committees. Um, so it all kind of stemmed from our youth and travel committees. But Really, until you dive into it, um, you know, you don't know for sure. And it's amazing to think about that. We really haven't done a lot of research on this. And, you know, everybody talks about the five ounce ball. I, I do really feel like it's more of the circumference of the ball than it is the weight of the ball right. until you actually test it. Um, you know, again, there's a lot. And I was one of these kids. You know, you look at your five, six, seven-year-olds that don't have developed hands yet, they're going to have to use three fingers. And so, you know, that, that's the question is if you can make a smaller ball uh, where more kids can use two fingers and, and have a standard hold on the ball, is that going to clean up arm action? Uh, will it make it easier to catch the ball? Uh, but until you start testing all of this, you don't know for sure. And, and we want to start small. You know, the hard part with this is you could go, you know, do you want to start a league? Do you want to do this? Well, we actually have to test it first to, to see yeah. if it's safer. Um, but I do feel like we're going to get some really cool questions. That's a neat thing with science. I come from a research-based background with my undergrad and my master's. That's the, the neat thing with science. I know that the term science has gotten gotten a tough tough draw here with COVID and everything, but really <laughs> right. that's the nature of science is leading to, to better questions. And so we're going to start small here and, and Kristen's going to do stuff at the wake pitching lab drive lines jumped in and um, Devin Morgan at driveline runs their youth Academy. And he's, he's a, a, just a wonderful person. It's just neat. The committee that we have, but I think we're going to come out of it and, and have some really good questions. And then, if you come out of it saying, okay, a smaller ball is better, 
overall, you know, everybody's worried about arm injuries right now. If a smaller ball could allow more kids to pitch, um, you know, if everybody on your roster could throw, it's going to alleviate some of the arm issues that we have going forward right. as well. Um, so, but it, it's an exciting time, but we should know a lot more here uh, after the end of the summer, once we start running some of these tests. Cool. No, I love that. And, and two, two main questions following up on that are sort of what does this timeline look like to you in, ter in terms of maybe a, not necessarily aggressive or conservative view, like maybe a middle ground view of when we might actually start seeing this rolling out and, and what are the implications? Like once this, say this does become standard, right? What are the ball sizes and how does that change the game potentially? Yeah, we're using a 5% reduction ball. The, the neat thing with driveline is they already have command balls that are smaller. So it, oh, this cool. isn't like groundbreaking on this end. It's just been used with college and pro guys from a, a command component uh, hmm. with different variations on the size balls. So they actually have 5% reduction balls in place. And so that's where we're going to start. So we're going to use our standard size circumference uh, with a five ounce, a four ounce, and then a three ounce ball. But then it's going to be a 5% reduction on a five, four, and, and three with the testing. And this is going to be off the mound. So 5% 5, 5 reduction in circumference. Yes, in circumference. Got it. Got it. So, what, so and like, is that like maybe just to give a context of like how much of a reduction that is, like 5% reduction in, in circumference is like is can i can i hold a two seamer as a 10 year old like what what is the what does it start to look hoping. like i mean that that's what we're hoping and and that's going to be part of the research too is it's going to be coded uh with a two-finger thrower and a three-finger thrower as well those are all kind of the research ideas that you get from a coding standpoint because uh, really that that is probably what you will find that if everybody can hold it with two fingers the arm action probably looks like it's supposed to look uh, the yeah. end of the throw is probably going to look like it's supposed to look. So those are, again, those are all questions. But until you start to get in there uh, and, and put the protocol to work, you don't know for sure. And it may you may find out that the standard size and, and weighted ball is still the best ball to use. But until you actually test it, you don't know. Then it's just a guess. Totally. Yeah. And you can, you can answer that timeline question at any point in the conversation if you want. I'm sure it's yeah, maybe no, not I, an easy one. <laughs> I would say I'd say we'll have – some data by August and we'll okay. roll into um, we'll roll into the fall. And if the, the data comes back positively, then it, it goes into, okay, do you write a grant to try to go to the government mm. and say, Hey, this is what we found. You know, can we get some funding to test this to then roll it out to little leagues and youth baseball that, okay, this is the best thing for baseball going forward. Uh, because it allows more kids to hold the ball like they should with two fingers. Right. Right. Wow. And, and, and in these tests, like what are the deterministic variables? Like what are the variables you're looking at and what are some outcomes that, you know, like, is, is it like video analysis of arm action? Is it, yeah, it's going to be yeah, a like, component. Uh, it'll be a command component. And this is why there's much smarter people on this committee than me. Yeah. <laughs> Kristen sure. Nicholson is an actual doctor. I tell her that all the time. I'm like, I'm sorry, you're an actual doctor and you're in here with baseball people, but that's why, that's why you're in the room with us because mm -hmm. she understands, um, you know, the biomechanics piece of it, the safety piece of it, you know, and, and, and that's been one of the big questions is with a lighter ball, 
the arm is going to go faster with a lighter ball, the right. ball come off the bat faster. And and that's why we didn't want to run straight into to using a, a three or four ounce ball in a league with a bat yet, because we need to find out for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You no, know, is the batted ball coefficient right. going to be so much higher where, where then it's a safety issue with balls coming off the bat? Cause we don't, obviously we don't want to, uh, we're doing this to keep people healthy. Obviously we don't want to hurt anybody, but we need to test all of right. it. So really the, the, you know, and this is where driveline comes into play too, because of the sleeves and the sensors on the elbow with the mocap, uh, we're going to get a lot of good data out of it as far as, okay, is it, is it safe because the arm's moving faster? I don't think it's going to matter with the younger kids as much as it would with an adult trying to throw a lighter ball. Um, right. Until you test it, you don't know. Right. And we've already got the BB core bats, right. At, at most, at most of these yes. levels. So there is already reduction in active velocity. I just, I, I wonder if it makes the game maybe a little bit more fun too, where, yes. you know, if you can throw more strikes and you, you know, the ball's in the zone more and you have to maybe contacts a little tougher because the ball's a little smaller but then when you do make contact it's it goes going a little faster farther right like i guess like is there a fun component to this too i for sure and i think it allows more kids to to maybe have an interest in the game because it's a little bit easier at the lower levels with, with right ball that's more manageable but i mean go go throw a wiffle ball with kids around the backyard and have them play wiffle ball wiffle ball's fun uh yeah your rag ball's fun playing with tennis ball is fun um, so again, is there, is there more of that entertainment piece for younger kids because it is more manageable size baseball for them? Yeah. And, and if, and if that ball's exit velocity is, um, faster, let's say, and maybe it's dangerous or would there be a way to dampen the ball in a way where it does, like, is that possible? I, yeah, but again, you have to get organizations to be on board with this because it is going to be different. And, you know, baseball historically has not been willing to change as much. Yeah. I still think five, six, and seven-year-olds should be using a, 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 one of the old Easton Accredit balls. You know, when, we, when I would run youth camps, and I ran a youth camp last week with Scott Bankhead here in town who played 11 years in the big leagues, pitched 11 years, but runs the North Carolina Baseball Academy here in Greensboro we played with smush balls for the game. You know, we mm. didn't use hard baseballs and it's a much cleaner game because kids aren't as concerned with getting Yeah, hit. totally. Um, and so totally. That, that, that's the other question that comes out of it too, is if a lighter ball doesn't hurt as much to get hit with, uh, again, you don't have some of that fear factor that you deal with with kid pitch for the first time because obviously it doesn't feel great to get hit with a, with a, a heavy five ounce ball. It doesn't feel great. So if a lighter ball doesn't <laughs> right. hurt as bad, Again, we eliminate some of that fear in, in kids early on, which is what you want. Totally. Yeah, and I think it all comes down to goals, right? Like, what is the goal of 5 to 7 baseball? What's the goal of 7 to 10 baseball and, and 10 to 12? Like, if the goal is to get people excited about the game and just participation at the younger levels, like, this, this seems like it would make sense. And I think, too, as you start to get a little bit older – into that 12 range, you know, all of us who've gone through the game have, have experienced some sort of arm issues, right. To, to, to alleviate those again, maybe keeps people in the game longer maybe makes it a little bit more fun, reduces injuries later down the line. Like sounds like there's a lot of good that could happen here. Yeah. And for, for parents or coaches listening in, teach them a proper warm-up. I think that that has more mm. to do with injuries at younger ages 
because they don't have a proper warm up. They don't carry into arm exercises before. Again, for anybody listening in, okay, you can find a dynamic warm up online. Have them do a dynamic warm up. Have them go through some sort of arm exercises. There's uh, Jager bands out there. You can use Jager bands. There's some partner-assisted arm exercises that you can do with the young kids. And that's part of helping them develop a set routine so when they do grow and their muscles get bigger and stronger, they're in that routine of warming up properly before they pick a baseball up. And I think that has just as much to do with yeah with the arm injuries that we see is because kids don't understand about proper warm up and, and getting the blood flow going and, and breaking a little bit of a sweat before they pick a ball up. I think that has just as much to do with it. So if you're a, if you're a youth coach out there right now, implement a warm up. Um, and, it, and you can reach out to me at rbrownley at abca.org and, and I can send you some templates. And, and I do that all the time. So I think that's just Sweet. as important as maybe the size of the ball too. Sweet. I love that point. And, and it's true. Like, you know, growing up in the Northeast, you know, we would just, you know, play catch before the game and then, all right, let's play. <laughs> it's like, it's a totally, it's a, and I think the, the level of education now is just so much better and awareness yes. of warmups. And, you know, I wasn't that long ago that I was playing and we still, you know, weren't, weren't too far along, but um, another well, question here. So as a, as a coach, as a youth coach out there, besides the, the safety and health issue and, and the longevity of an arm by getting warmed up properly, if, if they're hot before they pick the ball up, their arm's going to work better. So their command is going to be better on their throws or yeah. their throwing as well. Totally. Totally. And is there, you know, one thing that you, we always wanted to do in my league was throw curveballs, but we couldn't because it was illegal. And, and, and I think there's some sort of, there's something about arm, arm health to do there, but I guess with a smaller ball, do curveballs and, and breaking pitches become more of a part of the sort of 12, 10 to 12 game? It, for me, that's still a ligament issue. And, yeah, you know, and I, I think you want to allow the ligaments to, to get a little further along before you start spinning. And, and that's a mastery issue more than it is a, a novelty issue. Let's master the fastball first. Yeah. Let's master a four seam and a two seam fastball first. Uh, and because that, that's going to be a little bit safer. And then as they get older and, and really around probably 14, is, is when you dive into the research, really around 14 is where they can maybe yeah. start to, to cut it and spin it a little bit. And that's more from a ligament standpoint than it is anything else. Yeah. Yeah. The change, the change up gets, gets such little, uh, little cred among yeah, the young players. No, nobody wants to throw the, the ball slower. Pitch, again, that, that, that goes into finger size as well. Yeah. The, the change up is a tough pitch uh, for smaller fingers. You know, as the hands get bigger and the fingers get longer, then it's a little bit easier pitch to master. Uh, but at the at the young ages, having a two seam, a four seam, and then maybe even an old school, you know, that's where we would start with the youth kids with the change up is just the old school little league change up where they're choking it as far back and they're using a fastball right. grip, but they're choking it as far back in their palm as they can. That's going to take plenty enough off of the ball for for it to be good enough for the youth kids. Yeah, I love it. Love it. No, I think this this is super fascinating. And honestly, when we were talking about it at first, it was like kind of a surprise because of, to your point, like baseball doesn't really <laughs> change too much. And every sport, as I think about youth soccer, basketball, lacrosse, football, lacrosse, everything. 
you know, cricket, cricket's an overhand thrower sport. They, the youth leagues, and that's what David Whiteside and I talked about on the podcast is in cricket, in the youth leagues in Australia, their ball is smaller that they use, you know, for their junior leagues. Yeah. And yeah, Rob I mean, Monty was on the podcast with me last week. He runs the Northern Virginia. Rob's a unique story. He's our, our youth committee chair. But in, in the D.C. area, he's got his hand in, in college summer league. He coaches high school. He runs the, the youth and travel leagues in, in D.C. area. He's got some really cool modified T-ball stuff that they're doing uh, in D.C. They have six-person side leagues for T-ball. So he's, he's found positive, positive impacts. They have 400 teams in their youth organization in D.C. So it's thriving there with a modified game. Uh, so yeah, with, with a six player side, it's easier for parents to coach because they only have to deal with six kids. Uh, they actually put cones out. So kids know where to stand. It's different colored cones, uh, with their batter's box, the turf batter's box, they have feet painted in there. So kids know where their feet, um, yeah, the six person aside game, they, they play three to four innings in an hour. So they're in and out quick and they play enough because it's right. hidden. Yeah, and their kids at the end of the day, like attention spans are going to be shorter. You know, I've seen so many, you know, dad pitch leagues where the ball, 99% of the pitches are balls or not swung at, and we're just standing there. Like, it's a recipe for disaster. (laughs) Um, But uh, but no, so this was amazing. Thank you for shedding light on this. And for anybody who maybe wants to get involved or at least learn more about all this research you're doing, I guess, where where can they learn more about it? Yeah, abca.org uh, is best place. And then you can email me. And like I said, it's rbrownlee at abca.org. Just reach out to me if you want to get involved and, and we can go from there. But like I said, we should know a lot more here as we roll into the fall with, with when we start to get some of the data back on the, the circumference size. Love it. Love it. And, and for those um, interested in the podcast, what's the best way for them? So yeah, you can do that on the website. Also, it's abca.org backslash podcast, but we are on Spotify. We're on Apple, pretty much any, any podcast server out there. Uh, we are on. Amazing. All right. Thank you so much, Ryan. I really appreciate your time. Today. You got it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Playmaker podcast brought to you by the Playmaker app. At Playmaker, we believe that every play matters. So we designed Playmaker to be the most effortless scorekeeping app on the market so coaches can save, share, and celebrate all the plays their players make over the course of the season. Download the Playmaker app today on the Apple App Store and start playmaking.